0: Welcome or welcome back to the Amanda Perry podcast with me, Amanda Perry. I hope you guys have had a really good week. I have been reflecting on our week here and the conversations that I've been having with people. And really a lot of the small business conversations I've been having this week come down to visibility. Like, I think there's just this general feeling at the moment that no one's seeing anything you know you're putting content out there or even ads a lot of the messages I'm getting are that you know the ads are out there and the money's spending and but there's just no response and people aren't, aren't it feels like no one's actually seeing anything that you're putting out which is such a frustrating feeling especially when we've come out of a time of everyone feeling like everyone's seeing everything and you just have to put out you know one Instagram post or a few quid on an ad and you you see these instant results so it is really really frustrating and disorienting and i think that you know a lot of the way i feel going into going into this whatever it is recession choppy waters let's you know let's um let's be right we're heading into an uncertain period but really now is the time for me the the things that small businesses Generally feel at their disadvantage are really now like their superpower. So, yeah, there aren't the huge budgets that corporates have, but there also aren't the huge overheads or the huge kind of plans that you're committed to or investments that you're committed mm-hmm. to that you can't be agile about when you have you have all of these plans. Like a small business can be so agile in their plans. Um, so I think it's really time to lean into that agility, creativity, like the ideas. I don't know if you guys follow David um, Hyatt. He, I'll put a link to him in the show notes, actually. He is, I don't know, just an absolute genius to me, like such an inspiration. He um, does the Do lectures and he also has Hyatt Jeans. Um, I said that quickly because I don't actually know how to say it. It's like H-I-U-T, I I think, or H-U-I-T. But he has got an absolutely fascinating story based down in in Cardigan in Wales. I went to an event with him recently. And, yeah, he's just so inspirational. And he's talking a lot at the moment about... uh, If you're on his email list, you'll know. If not, I really, really recommend you sign up to it. Um, because he talks a lot about how no one's seeing anything on social so he had a meeting with his team And they were talking about how they're working harder than ever for less results when it comes to social and how they can change that. And and really it boils down to he said this, and this is I've been talking to a lot of our clients about this as well. It's it's the ideas, it's breaking out of what you've done before. And I find that quite liberating. I think that there's it's almost like there are no rules. Stop thinking about right, okay, so I have to post this on a Monday and this on a Tuesday, this on a Wednesday, if no one's seeing your content, that's a really great time to test things out. And obviously I'm not ignoring the fact that, you know, you need the sales to come in to be able to test things out or what's the point of kind of running the business. But it's a really good time to test stuff out I'm sick of going on about it. And I'm sick of I'm sure you're sick of hearing it as well. But you know, getting on TikTok and not having an audience on there is the perfect time just to test stuff, make an idiot of yourself, you know, no one's watching anyway. Um, And TikTok, you can build an audience really, really quickly. So make the most of the time that you have there. Um, but, yeah, David has been talking a lot this week, and i I really, really resonate with what he 's saying about this idea of just just that your superpower now is your ideas, and I think for small businesses, that is absolutely what what we need to lean into, and just often the things that uh, as a small business, you might feel are your disadvantage are now going to become your advantage so I think it's about really making the most of that and really understanding how you can make things work for you and how you can make them fun again like let's make stuff fun again so really approaching social from the point of view of doing something different. What If you were your target market, which we so often are, what do you want to see? What do you follow? What do you engage with? And I've said this before, and I know it's something that people tell me often really resonates or sticks in their head, but really seeing social as a magazine that, that your ideal customer would, would want to read rather than just a kind of catalogue of your products, really thinking about it in terms of being a magazine. Mm-hmm. Speaking of social, very nice segue into uh, this week's guest, who is someone that I have known for a while. He's a really, really great guy. He is, well, he was the growth director, one of the founding partners of Cal, which is a brilliant scheduling software and social planning software, actually. If, if any of you guys are looking for something to use, this is a really, really good um, a good system, good software to use. We use it in the agency. It's brilliant because you have the ability to plan as well as get sign off if you need that, um, which a lot of these other platforms don't actually have that functionality. They were recently acquired by Adobe, <laughs> which is amazing. These guys, Andy will tell you the story, but it's an incredible story. Um, they were acquired by Adobe, so now he's part of that team, which is a huge transition in itself. Um, so I'm gonna hand over to Andy, this week's guest, Andy Lambert from Content Cal. Welcome to the show, Andy Lambert. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. No, I'm um, so we've known each other a while, haven't we? And we have, haven't had a chance to catch up with you properly, so for ages. So, this is like killing two birds with one stone,
1: indeed, it is.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> you've um, you're one of our earliest supporters, so um, yeah,
0: oh, it's an amazing product. So, yeah, absolutely, we, and we still use it now. So, the product we're talking about, as everyone knows from the intro, is Content Cal, which I feel like, I don't, know, I don't know what the term is, but you know, when you see someone talk about it and I'm like, oh, you know about it as well. It's like almost like this little club because everyone's like, oh, Buffer and blah, blah, blah. You're like, why do people use these? Like Content Cal is such a brilliant product. Do you want to give us um, like a, a sort of potted history of who you are, what you do now and how, how you got to that point? Give us a rundown.
1: Yeah, I'll keep this one brief. Um, So, yeah, long story short, uh, six years ago, uh, we were a social media agency creating social media content for other folk, typically doing that um, on a spreadsheet. So you create your content calendar on a spreadsheet, send it over to your client, hope that they're going to approve it. Um, they never do Um, you go backwards and forwards on email of trying to figure out what's the right copy tweaks to imagery etc painful process and basically it was a it's a burden that most agencies will typically nod their head and go yeah that process is painful So, so we came up with a a solution or more specifically the founder of content cal the original founder of content cal alex came up with a with an idea of what would become content cal which is basically taking the whole concept of content and calendarization if that's even a word um, (laughs) and making it digital so you know if you've ever used a product like trello for example how you can move the cards about slide it around and basically have a really like visual canvas to lay out exactly what your contents going to look like, when it's going to be published, and where it's going to be published. Uh, and then basically, if you took Trello and then smashed it together with a publishing tool that like you've already mentioned, Buffer, Hootsuite, whatever, then you've got Content Cal. So you've got the tool that allows you to put it all together and then push it out. So I joined Alex with, you know, I liked his vision. So I, I joined Alex in 2016, and we gradually turned what was a services business into a software business that transition was like shedding skin two years in the making it's a it's a painful thing as a business yeah. move from from a service to software business um but either way we ended up growing to about three and a half thousand customers in a uh I think about 100 countries 110 countries wow so yeah f- five years of, of growing that raising about 10 million dollars in uh, in funding to to help continue our growth built the team to about 50 employees etc and then in uh, mid last year we were approached by uh, by adobe um who wanted to start thinking about bringing a social media offering into their suite of products um which was a kind of fall off your chair moment i bet. and then six months later into that journey then um we're now uh, an Adobe company, and we're going through the process of uh, bringing our technologies together. And, um, you know, having been one of the founders of St. Cal, I am now, you know, gone back into the employment mode. So, uh, yeah, I love it. Maybe. It's
0: how does that work in practical terms is it literally like oh I've just had an email from adobe let's see what this says oh they want to have a chat about buying us like is it is it i'm not asking for like the details but in terms of the practicalities of like an email popping up is that literally how it happens
1: yeah basically that's so, mad uh, yeah um that's I can't I can't go into all of them.
0: no of course no I'm not asking <laughs> yes. you to.
1: that's how it that's how it all it all starts someone someone goes oh right I fancy having a conversation with this company so yeah they dropped uh they dropped, dropped Alex a note and love it in starting it's it's just funny how how life happens typically yeah. like you know you know we we were looking at you know a uh, planning for a series b fundraise and there were some you know we were desperate to hit our targets we weren't quite in line yeah. with them. and we we're thinking right what we're we gonna you know we're you know you you're sometimes concerned is the wrong word but you're thinking right how are we going to hit these hit these yeah numbers? yeah you know growth is growth is hard whatever industry you're in
0: yeah
1: um and it's just amazing like the difference you know 24 hours makes of, yeah something like that and obviously it's a big process to go through but of
0: course um
1: yeah it's just yeah I mean obviously being being acquired is always the end game of a business yeah. like this right so you yeah create a business you fund it fairly well and of course those funders you know want to get they
0: want a, their exit yeah yeah. Yeah, plus, yeah
1: plus quite a bit more yeah so <laughs> want a piece of exit, and that's always the end game um the end game came maybe two to three years uh sooner than we thought it was going to and I think the the, the real thing about it all is just like the company out of all the companies in the world bought by the world's biggest creative company the 40th biggest company in the world by market cap it's just like are you serious?
0: it's insane like, I guess that's why I ask because I speak to so many people that are like oh you know I want to sell or we'd love to get acquired if it's service or you know and and they feel like the onus is on them to like I need to find someone or I need to reach out I need to network and these things can just happen so quickly can't they and if I bet if you'd gone through that process of trying to be acquired and someone had said oh what about Adobe like everyone would have just laughed
1: yeah yeah dream on. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah be like maybe south side's a, a few rungs down like that's that's like real dream stuff isn't
1: it it is yeah and I think it's 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 not just dream stuff because I mean, amazing brand and logo but when you because you've always got to have well front of mind is like yeah yeah your exit's great for your personal circles yeah but you're thinking about all of the people like yourselves and the three and a half thousand others that have supported us over the years you think like how how do we create the right outcome yeah. for those? It's not just like selling it and like see you
0: later. No, the uh, best thing for the product, the best thing for the, the brat, like for the customers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
1: you know, and it Love felt like like directionally, you feel like that's that's really good because being acquired, you know, whilst it sounds like yeah yeah, I've exited my business, but sometimes it's a horrible process and. Yeah. Um, and your customers lose and it's and it's sometimes very hard to see the thing that you've built over years you know yeah. taken away and it's you know finding the right suitor is is just so important it's kind of like yeah. raising money it's like you can raise good money and you can raise
0: yeah bad money
1: as well right yeah. So, yeah. Um, so having having this means incredible outcomes for our customers that's
0: so. so interesting yeah I went to an event yesterday with someone who'd sold their business to Timberland and said that he really, you know, everyone, everyone thinks that's the end game with like, oh, my, it's amazing. Like, congrats. And he said he really went through like a grieving process and that actually it didn't make him happy. It's not he he his now his mission is to build a business that he doesn't have to sell because it made him feel so, um, yeah, like depressed. He said he went through a real gr- grieving process with it. So it's not always the golden ticket, is it?
1: It's, it's not and it and it can it can be that way yeah uh, and well someone else has bought it so they own the rights to it. yeah you can't say anything but I'm I guess, learning learning Adobe's vision and where they're where they're thinking of taking it yeah you know, and that's why I'm still here because I'm I'm inspired by
0: yeah it. What f- um yeah yeah and what a fantastic experience for you as well like working with Adobe and that team must be incredible so. Yeah amazing so happy for you and the guys like yeah it feels it almost feels like a bit of a Netflix story like it feels like a, it really is though it hasn't been that long has it from like I, you know I remember you were in uh, one of our Facebook groups weren't you and it was like oh we've got this product that we're testing like do you know can we, can we get some people to test it and try it out and stuff so yeah fantastic absolutely love it so Let's tackle the, the tiny subject of social media <laughs> slash content. I like what a wild time it is out there right now. I just wonder if you like what do you see happening from your side? What do you see happening in the world of social and content and all this like focus shifting on platforms and massive question, but yeah, in your own words.
1: Yeah, it's a massive question, but actually you could you can simplify it into um, two or three primary themes. Let's go with let's go with three. Um, Predominantly short form video. Uh, It's, you know, it's an obvious thing to say. It's the clear trajectory. Yeah. Uh, Like YouTube shorts are up to 30 million views per day on
0: YouTube.
1: It's just grown unbelievable. Uh, And also you might have seen this already. I'm sure you probably have. Instagram for certain users have started testing their full screen feed, which yeah. looks exactly like TikTok. TikTok, so, it's um, hor-
0: I've got, I've got it. It's horrible. I don't like it at all. Yeah,
1: you're, you're the, you're the chosen one. I, oh, I am I? Know.
0: I feel special now. It's
1: going to upset a lot of people because it, it, it really is. At this point, you start to feel like that. There's a big shift for, for, um, for Instagram in particular because. The beautiful imagery, square imagery, photographically led platform.
0: Yeah.
1: No more. They've been hinting at it for a while. So it's no surprise. But, you know, the pivot to short form is real. It's here. Mm. And then that is then inspiring a whole new wave of, um, of creators coming to the platform. So this is the second piece, which is the, the growth of the creator economy. Looking at um, a recent report from Linktree, I think they, they estimate there's 200 million creators out there now of which it, it's it kind of falls into this whole broader great resignation thing. That's yeah. Yeah. It's so fascinating how all of these yeah. socioeconomic things start to tie together and they play out on social where, you know, more and more people are wanting the, the life that they they choose to live, right? Living their best life ultimately. Yeah. And that then kind of links into the third piece because the increasing monetization opportunities that exist on, on social means that community growth. So I'm gonna call the third uh, third trend like monetization slash community, mm. because I talk about this loads and it's, it's I don't think this is unknown to anyone either, but with with increasing creators coming to the platform because there's better monetization opportunities, and whether that's like YouTube Partner Program, which has existed for a long time now, but like I'm thinking, uh, like the 200 million dollar um, TikTok Fund creative Fund, TikTok yeah. just started releasing um, monetization for individual videos that perform well. So very similar to uh, to the YouTube Partner Program, so you're actually paid per piece of content that you do.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I think that then starts to create a lot of other opportunities. Also, put into that the fact that Instagram just released uh, the ability to tag products; in anyone can now tag a product. Mm. You don't need to be, you know, a creator with ten thousand followers, etc. So it really is all leading into this, you know, um, creators as their own personality. Short form video fits into that nicely because it's all about personality, right? Mm. I'm I'm stopping short of saying the word authenticity because it's it's. Um, the word has been said so much that it means nothing. It doesn't else.
0: mean anything. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. But um, people knowing who you are at an individual level is, is the thing. And that's why, you know, I, I spend a lot of time talking about talking to B2B organizations about mm. this because their approach to social has been so so horribly archaic where it's all channeled through like company pages right so you're still engaged with a company page you don't care about a company you care about people so that's why it's very challenging for like b2b's to then get into this whole new world of short form video personalities you know personal brands and all that kind of stuff Mm. um it's so challenging for them to do it but for like your econ businesses your b2c's smaller businesses it's their unique advantage
0: yeah
1: because they can do it and that then means that community creation becomes much easier so sticking with that third strand that i was talking about of like you know you building short form video you're um creating those those communities on uh, like, whether it's tiktok or instagram or whatever you can start to monetize those communities as well and the more uh that uh, you're kind of becoming active on these platforms the more opportunities you have to, to build and nurture those those communities as well and it's I think those three things. Sorry, long ramble. Um, no,
0: no, it's great.
1: There's a lot happening in the world of social, but really, you could just distill it down to to, to those three areas.
0: Yeah, I, and I love like the the thing about the creative economy is just so relevant because I you know, there are a lot of small businesses struggling out there now. And I really see this creator economy as a way of, you don't have to go back to work. Like this isn't, it's not all or nothing. Like just maybe scale your business back down or, you know, it has scaled back down, take it for what it is and, and really start working on, you know, brands are hiring content creators, particularly for TikTok, aren't they? Like TikTok is such a a unique kind of way of creating content um, yeah I think there's a massive opportunity there I think um, I think the changes and particularly the shift in Instagram you like engagement and usage and just the user experience at the moment just feels so awful like the feed experience every time I see Adam Seri's face pop up I'm like oh my god what now like no please not it's just like It's getting embarrassing at this stage. Like, come on, just I feel like every Facebook product just becomes a really a a poorer version of another thing. Like they just try and do everything. And Instagram, for me, I feel has just lost its way and really lost that confidence that it used to have, which is is a shame, isn't it? But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out.
1: Yeah, it def- it definitely is a shame at a, at a platform level. Um, and but I guess on a on a more positive note, is that it's still growing as a platform. Mm. It's still got fifty um, percent more monthly active users than than TikTok. So I know narratives are always like get on TikTok. If yeah. yeah, which which I. I, I, I do stand by but I don't want anyone like listening to this that's on Instagram to go all oh, right well I, I need to come off it then because it's it's dying it's not dying it's doing no probably well um but yeah no I I do I do agree and I think it's embarrassing for them as a technology I
0: guy. think it's really embarrassing <laughs> and I feel like I guess this is where products like content cal really come into their own because i think people have been so i think the 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 output of all of this or the the learnings from it is people have been so platform focused and you know we always talk about like don't build your don't build your house on other people's land kind of thing but these businesses that are literally instagram businesses and all they think of is oh I'm put this on my stories and this is my feed post and now really need to start thinking about what is your what is your content strategy you know and they've never had to think that before so without like you know a really kind of crowbarred plug like platforms like content cal where you can have almost one piece of content a day but then you're repurposing it across other platforms i think is it really is the key isn't it to to like seeding it
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, I've always been a huge advocate of of publishing to multi-channels. I mean, usually at at this point, um, people listening or if I'm doing a webinar, people are like, I'm a small business. I haven't got time to be everywhere. And you absolutely don't. You're right. I would still I still advocate majoring on one platform, the platform that you're maybe consuming content, engaging with others. You know, you. You can't engage deeply no. more than one as, a, as an individual, I don't think. I, I try and do two, but that kind of stretches me between LinkedIn and, and TikTok, to be honest, and up yeah. more time of a day than I actually really want to. Yeah. But um, but that being said, because specifically with platforms, and uh, I'm going to call out like LinkedIn and TikTok, because organic reach is so darn good, mm. and engagement rate is so much higher for those smaller accounts, um, it's just... It's just an absolute no-brainer mm. it, when Instagram's average engagement rate is just under 2% and, and TikTok's is just shy of 6%. You know, you've got a 300% higher chance of driving interactions. So it's, yeah. it's just a no-brainer. Even if you don't want to spend all your time on TikTok, even if you think most of the content is nonsense and quite a lot of time when I'm scrolling TikTok, I'm like, <laughs> man, I don't get it. I just, yeah. um, and it makes me feel old. And culture moves moves so quickly. this fast in mm. internet culture is, it can be a bit like I sometimes just want to turn it off and abstain and go. Look, I yeah. just I can't figure it out. I'm too old for this. Yeah. Um, but that being that being said, um, I'm talking about repurposing content because we've got so many emerging platforms that that really want to push short form content repurposing is our friend. So we can take mm-hmm. one, you know, cause it's all about vertical video. Now we know this. So take your vertical video and repurpose it across multiple platforms. So I've, I've started to pivot my approach because you know, I'm, I'm an individual. I'm still, I still do my personal brand but I've got a day job. So I can't yeah,
0: yeah.
1: social now. So um, ultimately my, my kind of single video which is short form, which is typically under, under 60 seconds gets repurposed to YouTube Shorts, to TikTok, to to, to LinkedIn. Um, and, it, and I just see how well it does on each platform. It's the yeah. same thing. Uh, and lots of people moan and go, oh, I don't think, you know, you shouldn't post the same thing across different platforms. I think that's nonsense. Yeah. You know, the, the likelihood of the same person seeing the same thing on multiple platforms you know, I want that to happen as well. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, please see it multiple times.
1: I need them to see it at least seven times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, and that's, yeah, you know, it's it's a distribution play. There always seems to be like, like a weird synergy between how we treat social and how we treat our email database. Kind yeah. Of the same thing, both in the terms of like, you know, historically we've just kind of broadcasted messages, like promotional messages to social, which as we know is a no-no but equally like the same way that you wouldn't want to send the same email to someone twice, kind of thinking about that logic on social, which is just nonsense. The
0: opposite. Yeah. It's
1: like, like you run ads, right? You run ads and you look at the frequency. Yeah. You don't want the frequency to be one. No, <laughs>
0: yeah. no, you need to. It's not even seven times now, is it? It's more like 20 times. Like yeah. people really need to see that, that message with all the noise out there. It's yeah. so interesting. And I think, I think that message about, you know, it's okay to post it on, post the same. So there's this argument at the moment about, no, TikTok and Reels are different things. It should be different content. I am not going to be producing like three TikToks a day and a Reels and a, you know, rather than not doing it, like use the same video because you will get that data and you'll get the learnings and you'll see what lands and what doesn't land, won't you? 100%.
1: Uh, There's no chance a, a solopreneur, small business owner, has the chance to create unique content for reels tiktok and shorts or whatever
0: um
1: and over time it might turn out that you'll just end up majoring on on one platform maybe i don't know but i think the the reality is is that especially in the early stages you just don't over-engineer it because the only way you're going to learn is just by doing just doing it yeah it's, it's no it's no more difficult than that and i think the problem is advice in social is so loaded because so many yeah. people you know because they they're going to try and make money through their advice but I know. Like, for instagram join my instagram course it's like it, it doesn't get it out there see what sticks if it doesn't work you know you've done yourself no harm whatsoever not all of yeah. everyone's posts do well so just chalk one up to experience
0: and I, th- I think you make a great point there. I think this is, and I'm saying this as a, as a service provider, and, you know, there's so much regurgitated advice and loaded advice, as you say, about this fear-based stuff like Instagram's dead come and take my TikTok course. It's like really, really unhelpful. And when you're a small business who's maybe sales are down and ads aren't working the way they used to be, all of this stuff is just this, like fear-mongering is really, really tough to hear, isn't it? And I think, yeah, the message is just get, that, get out there and do it, isn't it? Just do something.
1: Exactly. I mean, I, I I hate all this. I mean, it makes social media such a disorientating place to be. Yeah. You know, and a lot of the advice that gets given, um, very few people admit that it's just their personal experience. The problem is with social is that everyone lives a unique experience in the world. Yeah. Of your feed is different to mine. The feed yeah. you have a different to mine as we've already established over the course yeah. of the very cool, cool. Um, <laughs> You know, it is a very unique experience. What works for one won't work for another. And just because I say TikTok's really good. If your story is um so i was about to say crap but i will say like if no you're...
0: go ahead crap's very mild
1: yeah, yeah. So <laughs> if, if you don't have a strong story your content's not going to work wherever you put it right so yeah. it's just it's going back to basics thinking about how you tell a good story there's a few things that you do need to be mindful of which is like we said to go back to those kind of three trends that we're thinking about you know you know vertical video short form video um orientating around thinking about your monetization op- opportunities. And of course, beyond more than everything else, more than anything else, it's about how we build our community because mm. our business uh, is only as good as the community that underpins it. Yeah. And I would think community is a very broad and big topic. That means the word means different things for different people. And I would think I wouldn't necessarily class your social media followers as your community. I would think very deeply about um, what you could do to develop a community and that usually means um, set individuals that always kind of interact with you that's mm. how where you put them whether it's off social media or on a Substack or patreon or whatever a like LinkedIn newsletter um, I would definitely encourage small businesses to really lean in on that over time mm. it take, but it takes serious time to to create a community of like-minded individuals. I'm going to see, you know, that from firsthand experience. Um, but realistically, that's the most powerful thing any business can can ever create.
0: Yeah. And,
1: you know, if you've got a good community underpinning you, uh, well, whether it's underpinning you, that feels quite selfish. But like, you know, a, sh- a community of like-minded individuals um, that help each other, Yeah, launch whatever product you want, and it's going to and it's going to do well. Yeah, Um, like I'll give you a a very quick example. And I don't think (laughs) this is, and this is quite a small example, really. It's um, when you've got a community, you don't really need to think about marketing that heavily. And I remember I listened to a uh, podcast with one of my favorite marketers called, called Dave Gerhardt.
0: Oh, I love Dave. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed with Dave. I, I love just
1: him. Beautifully salient advice. Like oh, salient.
0: my God.
1: Because he's, he's recently written a book. Yeah. It was like, you know, someone asked me what my marketing strategy was. He was like, I don't have one because I've got a community of four and a half thousand people. So all I did was put out a post to say books on sale now yeah that's it and the community go oh cheers dave i've respected all of your help that you provided for me over the last yeah. god knows how many years uh i'm buying that straight away and similarly i all i've done with with my book and i'm definitely not a dave Gerhardt level but that way but like um all i did was just just chuck a post up on it on linkedin and yeah. say you know guess what this is what I've, I've done a thing and um you know people start buying it it's because you've spent the time to invest and and build a community and that's the problem is we come back to that the age-old issue of time right yeah you know is it just a, is this not the work of a moment and all of these seven-figure entrepreneurs that yeah you know yeah. pose on their lamborghinis on instagram and tiktok all bollocks it's all yeah. bollocks. so it's um, all bollocks so um yeah it takes no, you, it is... time to do to do something with meaning
0: it really does and it takes um yeah trying not to use that that authenticity word either but when you think of Dave so I'm in his his community how are you yeah yeah and I'm just like he is the epitome of authenticity like he'll literally say to people why have you posted this it's not valuable I'm removing it now and it's not in like a horrible way it's just in a he he understands the value of keeping that community like high vibe high value you know he's got people in there from like every tech startup you could think of and they don't want to read questions like oh can anyone tell me how to you know open google analytics or whatever the question might be like he'll he'll just delete it straight away but he's so authentic like people respect that about him and know that you know he doesn't over-engineer anything he's i've just got the biggest business crush on him ever he's 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 an incredible man um so there's a couple of things i want to pick up on one is linkedin and the other one is storytelling so real quick because I know that LinkedIn, I'm such a hypocrite with LinkedIn and TikTok, actually. I've been like for ages, like, ah, I hate them both. LinkedIn is such a huge opportunity right now and such a different place to what it has been over the last few years. I don't know if you agree. It's really yeah. kind of loosening up. It's. I got sick of seeing like, you know, Brian from accounts collecting his carriage clock because he's done 50 years in the business and so and so like surprised they've won an award when they've paid for it and all that there's a huge opportunity but when I speak to small businesses and I'm saying like you should really spend time on LinkedIn I'm struggling to find the the sort of balance of value over them going to you know one of the like tiktok it would be easier for them to create but i really think that there's such huge value in them creating their personal brand on linkedin what do you think about that in terms of b2c because it is different isn't it
1: yeah it it is definitely different um and i think it's like with anything right um well linkedin i like particularly because it's it's the only platform that's more about written content so if mm. written if written content is your jam that that should be where you are um and it's not all b2b or b2c or it does it actually doesn't matter yeah um uh, so there is there is not that much split there the platform's growing nicely um it's still thriving in terms of organic engagement which is mm. which is always you know an attractive component um and it's like with anything it's figuring out your angle on something and really where LinkedIn resonates with, with a couple of things um, typically from what I spend a lot of time on the platform. So my, my views are my own experience. So others might have uh, others, but like um, posts that are very self-effacing tend Mm -hmm. to do very well, right? Mm -hmm. So ones representing struggles, hardship, et cetera, that elements of humility and, um, and hu- humanity i think work really well um and that that has been a marked change in linkedin because linkedin has was the was slash is transitioning shedding its skin from being the professional network where good lord you're not going to talk about your mental health yeah. Because yeah. your because is on there right
0: yeah
1: so, um but that's changed now and it's and it's okay to go on there to talk and i'm going to the extremes to talk about uh, abortion, mental health, and all of the social stigmas are coming to LinkedIn, mm. um, which is good. So that, that's then a safe space. So that representing the humanity has, it seems, it's not saying this is, should be a tactic, but it it then gives you a, an opportunity to represent the human behind the business, right? Yeah.
0: It,
1: it doesn't, it's not as glossy as it as it used to be. Mm. Secondly, it's, um it's still a kind of to a degree a wordsmithy platform it doesn't focus videos tend not to do any better Mm. my videos don't tend to do any better than just my written only posts Mm. which um you just wouldn't see that on any other platform other than twitter right other than like Mm. threads for example but growing on twitter is super super hard yeah Uh, so um yeah linkedin works well from from a written perspective And also the the, the reason that people go to to LinkedIn typically is around kind of news and education, that kind Mm. of thing. So um, it's easier to add value in that context because when you think about the context of what you're talking about and how easy it is for a business to talk about it, whether you're B2B or B2C, TikTok is hard because entertainment value content. Mm. You need to think about how whatever you're representing has entertainment value Mm. to it so even if you're educating which is kind of my stance it still should be edutainment if you if yeah yeah a different angle on it and i'm i'm still finding my feet there to be honest because i guess i'm i'm probably uh, naturally entertainment value doesn't really come completely to me it's more about information yeah linkedin feels a really natural place to then talk about you know um anything that relates to starting growing running a business um how it started how it's going that kind mm-hmm. of thing um education around supply chain challenges or whatever it's that stuff that has a really natural home mm-hmm. uh, thinking about things in a, in a b2c lens but like the um like you see you know, regularly if anyone follows me on linkedin i'm just doing this like social media news updates and that kind of jam yeah and that stuff works quite well right because it gives people short, sharp um, pieces of information. And as a result, naturally, you know, you build a bunch of followers of which you can then kind of convert those followers into more of a community with a newsletter on LinkedIn, Mm. a community thing. So you can start to like build an inner sanctum of your followers with with the newsletter, which means that everyone's going to see your regular updates, start to build tighter relationships with those individuals. You know, and you know we were, we will know the value of the long term long yeah. community. So that's my narrative on LinkedIn.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. I think just to go back to one of your points there, I think that is the only danger I see with LinkedIn or the bit of the like eye roll that I have now when I go on there is the fact that people are really cottoning onto this like vulnerability, um, you know, the more vulnerable you can be. And and yeah, there's all those memes, aren't there, about, like, yeah, that never happened. You know, I, I was, like, this, this dog that I passed and, like, all these, like, really, like, heart-wrenching stories that you just like, oh, my God, like, please, no. But they do so well, don't they?
1: It's, it's probably the easiest platform to make something shit go viral yeah <laughs> um, if you
0: follow this real set i call it broetry it's like this real set formula isn't it of like these broken sentences bit of value call to action it's um yeah it's it's that
1: or you know uh all those because i in mean, obviously in marketing world like there's so many marketing memes or yeah. uh, or just like screenshots of tweets where tweets, it's like a two-line yeah. inspirational thing yeah. You know, I, I can't think of any examples, but like like
0: I looked at the sky today and for the first time realized it was blue, and you're like, oh my god, that's so deep, like wow. <laughs> it's
1: that kind of stuff, and like, um, yeah, or like something that's like marketing is about people, not process, yeah, and just, and then suddenly you get three thousand likes on it, and it's I I resist doing that because those likes don't actually really mean anything Mm. um well they they don't to me in that instance but it just it's always worthwhile calling out because there is there is some kind of nonsense that can easily turn you off of the platform but then again you can it's always worthwhile knowing that you control that nonsense because you can just Mm. unfollow that individual right so and it's just important about Whatever your purpose is as an organisation, so whether that's you know to get yourself known to build a personal brand or whatever, um, knowing that right, well, LinkedIn can help me do that because you know I like to write. I've got some good things to share that are newsworthy that I think are educational, Um, and I also like the fact that LinkedIn is very business focused. Yeah, it's it's increasingly easy for me to to link off to stuff to to use my profile to capture intent to really help people understand who i am and what i do Mm. Um, it's you know rather than like the 60 characters we've got to work with or 100 characters we've got to work with on a on a a tiktok bio that's all we got we can't link anywhere for our tiktok Mm. can't really do much unless we start to have more followers on tiktok straight off the bat on linkedin it's much more commercially orientated yeah i would it's easy to get distracted with what other people are doing and whether it's good or bad or whatever just be like you know fuck that stay in your lane you know yeah. what you're gonna do um sorry this has got very cursy um <laughs> you know.
0: curse away um, and um,
1: <laughs> like when you know what you're gonna do and you've got a a picture of that then all you got to do is think about that and then look at your own own performance to understand what people are resonating with yeah um, so, it all comes
0: back to it. All comes back to understanding your objective, doesn't it? Being really, really clear on your own objective, and then choosing the the platforms and paths that work to yeah. to serve that. Yeah, I've got a question that I have to ask you. Um, what is your take on Elon Musk and Twitter?
1: Uh, so I am, I'm on the fence. If I if I'm honest, I on one side of it, um, the slightly more kind of well i'm probably center mid you know if you're looking at left and right wing yeah uh where i'm i'm nervous about free speech yeah um, and twitter is our culture so trying to just let that just run wild and where there is no accountability or ramification or responsibility for what anyone says on the platform Mm. um it's basically like a really horrible dystopian future whereby, you know, it's a lawless society where anyone can do anything. So marginalized communities can feel increasingly marginalized through the perpetuation of, you know, right-wing agendas. Messaging.
0: yeah.
1: I I don't, that scares the bejesus out of me. Free as a principle is a good thing, but actually in practicality, it doesn't actually work free speech only works when there's accountability that's
0: well yeah in an anonymous platform or in a, a way you are able to be anonymous it's a really dangerous thing isn't it
1: a hundred percent so um so that's my my negative take uh the positive take is that um twitter has has kind of lulled as a platform they're mm. way up their growth targets um they have been overtaken in usage terms, by by LinkedIn, by Snapchat, by TikTok, by basically every everyone. From being like the second biggest social network, mm. um, they've got, I think 200 million daily active users, Snapchat have 350. Yeah. You know, it's like, and we don't talk about Snapchat at all. So, no. has done a terrible job. Uh, and ever since they went public in, and what's that? I can't remember. Um, I want to say, 2013 but anyway, i might be wrong yeah it was a while, ever, while
0: ago yeah
1: ever since they went public um their stock has not grown at all so everyone that invested money in twitter uh, at that point will will not have made anything yeah and that's that's a terrible story for for a business uh for a publicly traded business uh, so i think uh elon will, will unlock the opportunities that exist mm. in Twitter. I don't know what they are.
0: Well, that's what I was going to say. It just begs, what's, what is $44 billion worth of opportunities? Like, that's that's the question, isn't it? What are the opportunities? There's some, there's a lot of chat about it being a, a crypto move, isn't it? It's, it's going to back a, a crypto project.
1: It could, I mean, it's basically, like we've been talking about, that with a community anything's possible. Yeah. It's already proven that he can move markets with a single yeah. tweet. Right? So um if he has, if he essentially owns a community of um, you know, 212 million daily active users, that's quite, I don't think there's anything as powerful. <laughs> powerful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's nothing more powerful about than that under like one individual's ownership. So he can, he could market push whatever he wanted to. Um, my from reading a report yesterday i think he plans to take it public again in three years so right probably shake it up um reduce reliance on ads probably make it more subscription heavy um make it more long form content so he Mm. he hates twitter threads for example so like why not make it a platform where it's easier to express yourself with more depth rather than restricting it to 240 characters Mm. characters um i see that as a definite opportunity when all of the other platforms are pivoting towards short form video this has an opportunity for it to be the platform that owns writing
0: yeah um,
1: you know so there's a lot of people that still you know whilst you know i don't i don't subscribe to the fact that attention spans are decreasing i think that's nonsense um because more than ever we could sit through nine episodes of our favorite show yeah, on- <laughs> yeah. it's just that we got too many things to look at so mm. I think there's, a, there's an opportunity for a writing platform to emerge like mm. properly. So anyway, that's, that would be
0: Interesting. My... Yeah, really interesting. No, thank you for that. Final question that I ask everyone and that I would love to know your answer to is, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? No pressure. It's quite a big question, isn't it?
1: Build the audience before you build the product.
0: Nice. What if you, what if you have the product and you don't have the audience? I guess that's everything we've covered today, isn't it? Going back to, and I think that's what really people really miss out on as well is that cycle of like iteration. Like, is this still what the audience want? Is this product still what they want? Which I guess nicely loops us back to the beginning of you guys with content cal and that constant iteration and the the vision of now that it's under adobe doing the right thing for the consumer
1: well that's exactly and it. it's not like you've you've missed the boat if you've got the product already but it's um all, all it does is just come back down to like simple basic stuff and i had a rant on linkedin um about this yesterday which is about the fact that whether we're marketers or small business owners we we tend to get obsessed over numbers and metrics and
0: yeah. looking
1: at ad performance or you know or whatever it might be yeah dashboards and thinking about how can i get 10 percent more people to click this cta or whatever the reality is it's like just get out and speak to as many people as possible because um fundamentally that what well, whether you're you know Ecom, b2b b2c or whatever you're you're selling to human beings human beings are fundamentally irrational creatures yeah Um, and the more time you can spend with them uh the better your product will be and also the nice byproduct of this is when you spend time with people you actually find opportunities to collaborate on stuff like you and i are doing right now and we spent and that will probably be my biggest takeaway for anyone struggling with with growth on social is like don't do it alone because you're in a camp of millions and millions of others that are struggling to grow on social media all we need to do is partner up and work together so like doing instagram live together do a you know do a webinar together do a podcast whatever it is doesn't matter there's so many collaboration opportunities the more you can work together the more you extend the reach to to a to a wider audience so you know It's always been about people and always will be. Um, So as long as you orientate your business towards that, then you will win.
0: I love that thank you Andy so much for your time and your insight it's whenever I see one of your videos pop up I always think I have to watch that because you're like there with the stats and the numbers and the up-to-date news and it's so helpful so thank you for for all you do with that where can people find you they'll want to um want to follow you I'm sure where's the best place for them to do that?
1: So you, yeah, you'll find me, just search my name on uh, on LinkedIn and uh, you'll find me on TikTok, andy.r.lambert uh, on TikTok. Um yeah. And,
0: Brilliant. We'll link to that. Yeah. And your book, uh, Social 3.0, is on Amazon and just Amazon?
1: Uh, just just Amazon. Uh, and yeah, it's it's a um, you know, buy the paperback or the the Kindle version uh all all profits go to to unicef's work on uh, on in ukraine rather
0: um, oh i didn't know that that's fantastic
1: yeah, it's not a profiteering exercise at all i want i i put a book out because i just wanted to do it. i wanted to get it out of my head um yeah but, um, yeah it's oriented toward b2b's but uh, to be honest it it digs quite deeply into like biopsychology and all the things that we've spoken about today channels uh that we should focus on how to prioritize where we where we put our time on social so yeah is that now sounds interesting but there you go
0: Excellent. Well, we'll link to all of it in the show notes. And I have my copy. I was very honest with you before we started recording and said I have not had a chance to read it, which makes me a terrible podcaster, but I cannot wait to read it. It's sat on my desk, ready and waiting. Andy, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining me today and for sharing all of your knowledge. And I will see you on LinkedIn, probably. More than likely. Thank you so much.